Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense, dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together and talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Saturday Night Mike. And I am Brain Scan Shane. Welcome to episode 77, Saturday Night Main Event 31. Hells yeah. I always love it when we do a Saturday Night Main Event. This is my first Saturday Night Main Event. Yeah, it's fun. Hell yeah. Only 40 minutes. (laughs) Short show, woo! Yeah, they're normally you normally get a little bit more of the like like staged staged promos, which yes. I always enjoy. This is the thirty first edition of Saturday Night Main Events, obviously, produced by the WWF. It would take place on October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two at the Holman Center in Terre Haute, Indiana. But it wouldn't air until November fourteenth, with an attendance of four thousand three hundred people. Is this the smallest WWF show we've ever seen? That's kind of yeah. It's like thinking. that's a good house show, right? I but I mean, so. it's it's neck and neck with those big WCW shows. So. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like four, five thousand is like WCW's sweet spot, and they just have to keep going to Georgia to get it. <laughs> Boy, do they ever! <laughs> Baltimore and Bal- yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore and Atlanta. Yeah, this would also be the last Saturday Night Main Event. For 14 years. Oh, really? Wild. As this one, this one was actually on Fox and not NBC, like I think the previous ones that we've watched. Yeah, because it used to be like a thing that was on when they didn't have SNL, or maybe before or after, I don't know. I wasn't wasn't watching it then. Even though it drew a rating of 6.2, like if a show got a 6.2 rating nowadays, it would be the Highest rated show on yeah, TV. Yeah, that's like yes. still doing better than Game of Thrones, probably. <laughs> yeah, this was around the time, I want to say, that Fox was trying to do something with their Saturday Night uh, Saturday Night's lineup. Mad, Mad TV started yeah. around this oh, time. Mad TV was around this Mad time. Mad TV rules. Um, so yeah, they, they had to take a page from NBC, not only with their variety show on Saturday nights, but also bringing over the WWF. And I guess the WWF's not trashy uh Quite, quite so trashy yet, but it fits on the same channel as Mad TV, which is incredibly trashy, yes. which is why it's good. <laughs> We're, yeah, this, <laughs> this is when like Married with Children was oh, yeah. reaching its its peak popularity. and so, Beautiful yeah. trash. Love it. But we're in Indiana, so what did Shane's food trip around the world bring us this week? Hmm. I didn't know that this had an origin at all. I didn't really either. Okay. Uh, until I researched it, and yeah, I, I brought food from Indiana last time, so I decided we'd, we'd switch it up and bring a beverage. Uh, so I, I looked up to see what are some of the uh, the popular drinks in Indiana. <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure this is popular uh, anywhere popular where people everywhere. breathe. I've actually never had one before. Oh, wow. Really? It's not You're bad. You're in for a treat, buddy. Yeah, what goes better with Saturday night than uh, alcohol, and what type of alcohol do college wrestling fans typically enjoy but shots yeah so we went for a a, a jaeger bomb mm. nice little jaeger meister 
Uh, <laughs> nice little Jägermeister. Well, I mean, it technically is can a you little smell, Can you smell the licorice? <laughs> it smells like a Pantera concert. I bought the, the mini airport bottles. It's yeah. Like black licorice and nobody, Yeah. Perfect nobody combination. needs a whole bottle of Jäger. <laughs> do you, do you, don't, you don't pour them together. You take it the shot and then the red No, you pour it in. Oh, okay. Typically, it's like the drop typically the you'd have it in a pint glass and you'd drop an actual oh. shot glass into it. But we I, can do that. I have more shot glasses. Yeah. I, I decided to go the less mess route and we'll just okay. pour in and, and drink. So, I once did, uh, when the Sparks was a thing, there's a club around here that I'd go to and... Uh, one of the owners, he would do Sparks, like, which was like alcohol, alcoholic Red Bull, basically, and Jaeger. It was, it was a nice memory. Little Jaeger, little Red Bull, clink through the plexi. Clink, mm-hmm. clink, clank, <laughs> clank. Hey, to Saturday night. Well, while well, we're all enjoying that tasty beverage, now it's all right for fighting. Something that was. Oh, so you guys, you're supposed to throw the whole thing back. That's the whole point. I had, to get to, I had to get back to talking. Okay, Sorry. all right. You know me. Okay. I like to make mine last until the last word. So. Mm, all right, well. Things that were happening in the world around the time of Saturday Night Main Event. Bill Clinton would defeat George H.W. Bush and Ross Perot in the presidential election. Did Ross Perot even have a chance? He had quite a big following. He's probably the, the, the best the chance for an independent. That's in, like ever happened. Ever. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Definitely. He was a, I mean, he, he, he became a, a full-on Saturday Night Live character. So oh, we I know remember that, that. During election time, so, yeah. you don't matter unless you get made fun of on, on Saturday Night Live. So None other than the sax man himself. I always <laughs> think of the, was it Phil Hartman? Where he d- did Bill Clinton, yeah, and yep. he was like running to all the, running and like going into McDonald's and just eating everybody's fries. Yep. I think about that. <laughs> just about any time I hear the name Bill Clinton. That and then... There was this thing that I can't even Google anymore, but back like in early days of MTV2, they did a thing called Virtual Bill, and it was like a bumper in between their like animation block of like, you know, like Aeon Daria and, and like, and, and, Aeon, and like, it was like reruns Aeon Fox because it had already been way past that, but Virtual Bill, it was pretty funny. So like Max Maybe, Headroom with Bill Clinton? Or? Yeah, but it was like really bad early like c- CGI, and he'd like be like, "You hear the new Chemical Brothers album?" And that was like the joke. <laughs> <laughs> like it was pretty fun. But I, you know, I watched a lot of early MTV too, when it was like mostly music videos, and then sometimes they'd like play old animation. <laughs> Virtual Bill. MTV somebody, somebody it. put it on YouTube. I never really watched MTV too. Oh, it was great for a while. I'd sit there and watch it for hours on end, just to listen to Dashboard. They, uh, when it was, like, before they started putting TV shows on it, and it was yeah. just like an extra, like a dish channel or whatever, like a direct TV channel, yeah. it was great, because it was just, like, nothing but music videos. It was what videos. MTV was. Yeah, yeah. originally, yeah. I'm, I kind of miss, I mean, granted, I haven't watched a music a video, music in, a video in a long time, aside well, didn't from, watch, you know, uh, when Beyonce WAP. releases a, a movie video. That's what YouTube's <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah. Let's go ahead and head off to the show. We get Vince McMahon and Bobby the Brain Heenan welcoming us, and they run down the card. We got three action-packed matches. All championship matches. So are you trying to tell me that this is a clash of champions? Compared to other... Saturday Night Clash of Champions? (laughs) Compared to other shows, yes. This is is a clash of champions. (laughs) So we're headed to our first match. We got Money, Inc., of Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase and Erwin R. Scheister with Jimmy Hart versus the Ultimate Maniacs of Ultimate Warrior 
and Macho Man Randy Savage. The energy is palpable. For the <laughs> WWF Tag Team Championship. The energy is palpable, but that tag team name is just I know, uh, atrocious. I feel like when I wrote it down the first time, I wrote it down wrong. And but Oh, I had the Savage Maniacs, which I guess is just... Savage and Savage. Savage and Savage. Which, you <laughs> what about know, the Macho Warriors? Uh, Macho Warriors is pretty good. But you gotta have, I guess the ma- the ma- the mania is there's so so many options. I feel like the ultimate maniacs, the yeah. ultimate savages, the ultimate yeah. There we go. There you go. I could that's, go for that. I one. like that. But savage maniacs is just savage like savage warriors. Oh, yeah, wait, that's just a thing. <laughs> What's the savage warriors? A warrior that's savage. Oh, okay. okay. I thought it was like another tag team that I don't know. That's no, what I was thinking too. Oh, yeah, like, I have a savage maniacs. I'm sure there actually yeah. might have been a yeah. wrestler called Savage Warrior at some point. <laughs> Of all the, uh, yeah, he's in a backyard fed somewhere. Yeah. Of all the options they had for that name, they feel like they picked the worst one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the Maniacs rush the ring to attack Money, Inc., hitting double clotheslines on both men before tossing them over the ropes to the floor. And Heaton has started a new telestrator gimmick. Which is the brain scan. The greatest the brain thing scan. of all time. And he draws a caricature of Ross Perot mm-hmm. and making fun of his ears. <laughs> <laughs> They're cheap jokes, but that's why we love Bobby. Once everyone settles down, Savage Atomic drops DiBiase into Warrior for a punch, and then he flare flops for a two count. A leaping guillotine by Macho, Warrior with a vertical suplex, and goes for the running shoulder block, but Million Dollar Man sidesteps him and tosses him face first to the mat. Trashed him to the mat. IRS comes in to slow it down with a sleeper on the warrior. We get a split screen and see Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, and Razor Ramon. The Ramon. You gotta roll that off. In the locker room watching the match. They then cut a promo saying how the Maniacs won't survive at Survivor Series. Everyone's, Everyone's favorite show, right? Yeah. Totes. While they're talking, DiBiase has come in and locked on the Million Dollar Dream which is then broken up by a high knee from Savage. Million Dollar Man and Warrior clothesline each other for a double KO. Warrior crawls to the corner for the hot tag. Macho's in with left jabs, a back body drop to IRS, a clothesline to DiBiase, body slam and top rope elbow drop on Shyster. Makes the cover, only for Million Dollar Man to break up the pin. A Pier 6 brawl, Begins with Warrior slamming DiBiase's head into a turnbuckle multiple times, and Savage does the same to IRS. Back on Pier 6 already, huh? Warrior clotheslines Million Dollar Man to the floor, while Macho Atomic drops Shyster over the ropes. Jimmy Hart grabs the tag belts, and Money Inc. just walks off to the back, getting counted out in the process. You know, like a real heel do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Post-match, the Ultimate Maniac's like take off yeah. after Money Inc. If we, if we know Warrior can do anything, it's, it's run. run exactly. But they're ambushed by Razor, Flair, and Perfect, and it's five on two. Officials come out to break it up as we go to commercial. Well then, that was a fun match. Yeah, yeah. it sets up a thing. How long has Razor been around at this point? Like, I guess in he basically showed up. Right after the last PPV, uh, right after SummerSlam, because he actually helped Flair win the belt from Savage, like a couple nights after SummerSlam. This belt's been moving so much. I'm just like, who got it? When and how and where? 
Yeah, it basically changed. It's changed twice since Prepare we saw yourself. SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even. I didn't even know that Macho had it. I was like, who did Ric Flair get it off of? And I didn't know he got it off Savage. And I'm, I'm like, well, Where? Savage and Warrior at SummerSlam for the belt. Oh yeah, yeah. And but, then two yes. nights later, Flair took it off of Savage with the help of Razor and the hurt leg that was done at SummerSlam. But not on TV? I believe they did show it on oh, okay. Wrestling Challenge at one point. But like, uh, but the Bret Hart one is the one that's like not on TV. But we'll then get to that later. Bret Hart, I mean, we can mention it now. Yeah, I mean, he does have... We're talking about the title. Yeah. But Hart then would win it at a house show in Saskatoon. Yeah. I'm sure you'll tell me all Flair. about why that happened later. Basically, Vince wanted to make the change because he saw Brett as the future of the company, and Flair was basically ready to leave. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he was. And so... It does, the Ric Flair and the WWF doesn't feel just doesn't right. doesn't gel. Yeah. Quite. It's yeah. kind of like when we saw Hammer go over there to WC? WCW, and we're like, oh... This is where his people are. It just feels right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we're off to our second match. Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Davey Boy's using his power advantage early on only for Shawn to slide underneath and pop the Bulldog in the face. Attempt up a hip toss, which Davey Boy blocks only for Michaels to do a flip and complete the hip toss into a short arm scissors. Bulldog tries to lift him, only for his back to give for a moment, but then Davey Boy gets Sean up to slam him, followed by a press slam and a clothesline that sends Michaels out to the floor. Back in the ring, Sean's with a cheap shot in the corner, goes for multiple catapults, but the Bulldog keeps spinning out of them, followed by an arm drag into an arm bar, only for Michaels to escape with a big right hand. A running shoulder block from Davy Boy charges in again, but Sean sidesteps him and he goes through the ropes and to the floor. While the ref starts his count, Michaels heads off to a corner and begins to take a turnbuckle pad off. Oh, we love we love this, right? I do. I'm a big fan of the little hill Sean. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But hey, he's he's missing his 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 uh, uh, manager. It's uh, so it's still so much more into his own hands. More subtle than pulling the whole, exposing the wood of the mat and then forgetting about it for thirty minutes. Yes. For it to finish, it's just so much more you know subtle and more reasonable. Yeah. Got to kill a minute at a time. Go over and just fiddle <laughs> it with could the go either way. Sean could end up getting that reverse whip and eating it later. Like you know, it's good. Good way to make a match end quickly, or. I'd love to see somebody do this and just never use it at all. Yeah. Once back in the ring, Sean with the snapmare starts working on the back of the bulldog, applying an ab stretch, only for Davy Boy to hip toss out and go for a leaping elbow drop. But Michaels moves and wor- starts working again on the back. Sean locks on that ab stretch again, and again the bulldog hip tosses out but he does connect with the leaping elbow drop this time. Davy Boy with a face plant. Irish whips Michaels to a corner for a corner flip, but falls back into the ring to receive a clothesline. Is then catapulted into a turnbuckle, followed by another clothesline, 
but the bulldog hesitates to make a cover, so he only gets a two count. Davy Boy with a stalling vertical suplex for another near fall, and then he goes for an Irish whip, but Sean reverses it, sending Davy Boy back first into the exposed turnbuckle. Uh, that's how you gotta stop that big beefy boy. And both men are down. Because Sean just took a beating. Once they're back to their feet, Michaels tries for another Irish whip, only for the bulldog to reverse it, sending Sean to the corner where he ends up horizontally on the top rope. So Davy Boy kicks Michaels to causing him to be sitting prone on the top rope. The bulldog climbs to hit the superplex, but his back gives out, and Sean lands on top for the pin and the win. And new! Yay. Shawn Michaels. Nah, 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 first singles title. First title, technically. Hey, hey, first hey. first acknowledged title. Acknowledged uh, title, <laughs> correct. Yeah. I uh, I was just like, <clears throat> man, I guess Davey's gone. This would be Davey Boy's <laughs> That's why I was like, last mm. WWF match for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, it's a bummer. We'll he, see him again shortly. A couple of years. In the okay. WWF. Yeah. In this world of podcasts, what do you mean, you know? a couple years flies by in <laughs> no time. He, uh, yeah, but it's uh, sad to see him go, but it's, you know, he's been his own worst enemy for, for a minute now. There's a reason that uh, this is all going down. Brett can tell you all about it. That and the steroid allegations that yeah. Vince is going through, he's kind of... It's Slowly it's like showing. the perfect time to build uh, Bret Hart is like oh like he's believably uh, like buff yeah it's like that looks like a guy that works out a lot or Shawn Michaels like oh that looks like a guy that like takes care of himself as opposed to like British Bulldog you're like oh well nobody can be that big without steroids it's just, just not possible the perfect time foreshadowing <laughs> Mean Jeans then in the locker room with Ric Flair Mister Perfect and Razor Ramon Ramon. Flair, all those ours. Flair congratulates Michaels on his win, but reminds him and Bret Hart that I'm waiting in the wings after Survivor Series. Because it looks like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were already signed for a match for Survivor Series before either one of them even had a belt. But now it's going to be both the champions against each other. Perfect says the Maniacs, the name fits Macho and Warrior perfectly. So Mr. Perfect disagrees with you guys. I'm sorry, Kurt, but... And he is perfect, so... I mean, we like him. I'm yeah, a fan. Maybe uh, you guys are wrong. I mean, you, you telling me you agree with Mr. Perfect? He named his son Michael McGillicuddy, so... <laughs> he has nowhere to talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you no, know, you can't change your last name. <laughs> the Ramon chimes in with, Who cares about bad days? Good days. SummerSlam. I love fighting everywhere. Flair, it's perfect. It's machismo. It's the nature boy. And at Survivor Series, it's not about winning or losing. It's about making out of the building in one piece. Sounds more like a cage match declaration. I know. I, I was like, I was <laughs> like, like oh, I'm pretty like sure Survivor Series is about winning or losing. Yeah. It's like Flair's like most like. We're gonna beat you up. Yeah. Promo ever. It's a good like. It's a good promo. The promos are on here all the way around. Are so good. I just can't believe that Razor Ramon has fucking razor blades on his on his trunks. That's so crazy to me. It's like, oh yeah, 
we're trying to get away from this whole steroid thing, but you know, y'all know anything about cocaine? <laughs> it's like just bananas to me. Yeah. That's that they, and I guess it's just because Vince is an idiot. Uh, but like, because he didn't even supposedly didn't even know that it was like a Scarface rib. Uh, probably did. <laughs> yeah, like which is I mean I can't imagine the guy does anything but work. In thirty years, he'll probably realize that oh. COVID, that was a thing, right? <laughs> we then go to Mean Gene in the back with Bret Hart. And Gene tells us about how Hart got Flair to submit to the sharpshooter in Saskatoon to become champion. And that this is his first defense tonight. And Bret starts talking about his family in the dungeon where Stu would teach them hold after hold and to never quit. I think this is the first time I remember him actually talking about the dungeon. I know it's been mentioned I mean, before I, on I TV, but... I think this is the first time I've... I feel like I've heard it mentioned heard by, it like... Others. By other people. I think, like, maybe Bobby talked about it during the Bulldog and, um, you know, the Bulldog match. But, yeah, this is the first time I, I'm like, oh, Brett said the dungeon. So we're off to our third match. Papa Shango Yay. versus mm. Brett, the Hitman Hart, for the WWF World. Heavyweight Championship. Remember how last time I was complaining about Ron Simmons having shitty people to start off with for his championship run? Poor Brett. I would. You're giving Papa Shango as your first defense. I would make the argument that with, I guess in WCW they're always defending it, but like with uh, Brett, his whole thing is like, hey, I'm just going to defend my belt all the time, and it seems like it's trying to get away from the thing where Hogan defends the belt, like, you know. On the four big shows. Yeah, like twice it. a year and yeah. just destroys them in three minutes with a leg drop. So there's a reason that Papa Shango uh, okay. was his opponent. Okay. Before SummerSlam, whenever Bret Hart faced Bulldog, Papa Shango actually put a curse on Bret uh, that yeah. he would lose his belt. And they just haven't matched up since then. Hmm. You know what I'm into? Curses? Yeah. I mean, I don't believe in them, but they're cool. Yeah, like shit, fuck. Oh, yes. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously I'm a fan of those. There goes our PG mm-hmm. for this show. Yeah, sorry, kids. Like, there's no podcasts that are PG. All the ones that don't curse talk about murder and rape, so they're even worse than the things that we say. <laughs> I mean... Because <laughs> those things actually happen. A shout-out to my friends Angela Kinsey and... Uh... Jenna Fisher. Jenna, Jenna Fisher, yeah. They're, they're very PG on their Office Ladies show. Office but ladies. I like you to call them my the friends office. in hopes that they'll call me I'm a friend. I keep myself quiet, so I keep my friends. They'd have to actually listen to us, though, so. If you're paying attention, Angela and Jenna, give us a shout-out on Twitter. Oh, yeah, of course. That's <laughs> definitely happening. Hey, you put it into the universe, anything mm, can happen. Yeah. So, by the way, I didn't mention it the last time we saw Papa Shango. But Papa Shango, a.k.a. Kama, a.k.a. The Godfather, is a WWE Hall of Famer. Hey, that'll teach him to be late on his entrance on his last show, because, you know, you show up also, late, you get skipped. he has one of the greatest Twitters, because just, like, him smoking weed and being happy all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's just so funny. He's such a corny, like, you know, 50-year-old man, and he's just, yeah, he's, like, selling Papa Shango COVID masks and, like, just, like... <laughs> Taking pictures with bongs and I'm it is lie, a I very good follow. It's very funny. Like if they would sell a warrior mask that just you know, oh yeah went over my nose. There you go. Hey, that's maybe all I need. points down a little bit too. Why not make it extra big? <laughs> so 
the match gets going with Shango pounding away on Hart until Brett takes over with a monkey flip, a crossbody, an atomic drop, and a clothesline that sends Papa out to the floor. Hitman then flies over the ropes with a pescado. Once they're back in the ring, Shango reverses an Irish whip to send Brett chest first into the turnbuckle, going to work on Hart, slamming his head into the turnbuckle, locking on a bear hug, only for the Hitman to escape by biting Papa's forehead. What is the deal with Brett biting people? Have you seen those teeth? They're, 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 they're nice teeth. No matter what. Yeah, don't I guess. Quit. Yeah, that's right. Learn I mean, that in the dungeon. Mm. <laughs> I wish uh, I could do a Stu Hart. With an that man, that man talks like a crazy control. person. Shango with a back elbow, a headbutt to the gut, a double chokehold, and locks on the trap hold. Yay, a trap hold. My favorite. Hmm. I mean, you know. It's no test of strength, but it'll do. You Do you prefer the trap hold over the test of strength? No. Okay, good. So I'm surprised that you guys didn't realize that Papa Shango was in the curse thing, because Vince actually says it in the match. I What was the, the curse was just that he was going to lose? It's a pretty convenient curse. Yeah. There's just something about Papa Shango. You, goes you in see him not throw together. one curse, you see him throw 14. But literally he Vince warrior. is talking about it, and I was all like, I don't think Brett's complaining too much, because he's... Won the world title now. So, yeah. Curse me again. Long title run. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, I do have trap hold written down here. And, ooh, <laughs> a trap hold. Brett elbows out only to run into a clothesline, and Shango goes right back to the trap hold, <laughs> which Hart elbows out of again, goes for a sunset flip, but Papa stays up and punches down. But Hitman moves in time. Shango then charges into a boot from from Brett before he applies a sleeper, but Papa runs him headfirst into a turnbuckle, hits multiple elbow drops, goes up to the second rope, coming off with another, but heart avoids. One too many. <laughs> Something about watching Brett jump on the back of Papa Shango to put on the, uh, the sleeper, it just made me laugh. I don't know why, because... <laughs> Just uh, how he landed on there. It was like a little kid just hanging off the back of somebody. He wasn't really doing anything, but it made me realize just how much bigger old Papa Shango was compared to... Yeah, I always forget how big uh, Godfather is. He's just just like a naturally big dude. Hitman with the Russian leg sweep, the backdrop, the flying clothesline, all for two counts. Shango then reverses an Irish whip to send Brett to the corner, attempt an avalanche splash... But Hart moves and locks on the sharpshooter for the submission and, and the win. And still. Hey, first, <laughs> first successful network title defense. Yeah, couldn't win it on TV, but you can defend it there. We then go to the funeral parlor yes. with Paul Bear. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to be. And he tells us that The Undertaker has been very busy designing a special casket just for Kamala. Oh my god. The clips of Undertaker building the casket, there's a blueprint, and the blueprint is incredible. Mm-hmm. It looks so awesome, and like I just assumed that I could find like it on the internet. But some, like WWE or somebody that makes bootleg merch should... I couldn't find it at all, but if you could find this and sell it as a like quality poster, it would make such a great poster. 
like just such a great like screen print like because it looks so good whoever it's it's really awesome and i googled it for like 15 minutes before i gave up so i was just trying so hard to find like a legitimate even just a photo of it from the clip let alone a high res like pdf of it now the the vignettes that they did for for taker back in the day i mean still today anything that has to do with taker they throw all of their their energy into but yeah just compared to everything else that they were doing back then they put so much time and energy and focus into the yeah the last time they did this it was like ted dibiase (laughs) as far as like energy and like you know doing it right and taking the time yeah or mr perfect with his spit the gum smack the thing out make the perfect shot make the perfect dive yeah but they fucked that one up way too quick (laughs) (laughs) thanks brutus we then go to video highlights of when Undertaker set up from the three splashes that Kamala gave him at SummerSlam. And then Taker comes out of a casket and delivers this promo. Creek. There's no need to fear the journey that awaits you. There's been many unfortunate souls that have been made this journey. And just like all the rest, you will suffer the same fate as the worms, the maggots, and the larva as they take turns feasting on our rotting carcasses. There will be only one thing left for me to take, Kamala, and that is your soul. Rest in peace. Creek. That's him going back into the coffin. Everything about that little thing there, I loved. The, the set, the, the lighting... The way that the light the, like, mysteriously what went over Undertaker's eyes and then would just oh, kind yeah. of rock back and forth with the shadows going over his face. Just, yeah, they, they set up that shot perfectly. And it's one that's watching it again now as opposed to almost 30 years ago. God, I'm old. Yeah, it it still holds up and We're gave me the same chills. <laughs> I shrugged. Shut up. <laughs> I bribe you with alcohol and food not to say stuff. <laughs> It's all right. We're all old to somebody. <laughs> mean Gene's then in the back where he's joined by Bret Hart. And Gene tells us that we're going to get champion versus champion at Survivor Series, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And Shawn Michaels then interrupts them to make sure Bret knows that he is going to win, saying, I beat the man who beat you. Because he beat Davey Boy. Yeah. Beat Bret. If, he, if he wasn't, if he didn't make that uh, connection and say it out loud, like... Who are you even? We then go back to Vince and Bobby, and they're in front of some kind of wrapped present. What's in the box? And Heenan's on the phone, and then he turns around and says, the Ultimate Maniacs will not go to the ring together as a team at Survivor Series. One of them will have a new partner. What? So it was such a convenient way to stop that from happening. And Bobby must have some really good sources as the ultimate warrior <laughs> had been fired once again from the WWF. Well, Bobby was also head of talent relations, so he did the fire. That's not true. I don't think he was. And we won't see Ultimate Warrior again for about four years. Mm. He literally does nothing yeah. in the four years. Yeah, maybe he makes a comic book? Is that later? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not yeah, quite sure. So I ask you gentlemen... Saturday night main event, 31. What are your overall thoughts? What's in the box? 
I'd like to know that too. I thought we were going to find out what was in the box. Uh, I was worried it was going to be another too. fucking giant egg that they were going to roll out at Survivor Series. So You leave the gooker alone. I thought the new partner was going to pop up out of the... Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be cool. It's a mini warrior. I mean, it'd be perfect, so... Hey. That would have been a good present for Heenan. <laughs> but yeah, that was... I mean, no, the show was great. 40 minutes, like three fun matches, all that were for something. Yes. Absolutely. No, no squashes, them, none that like were so bad that they should have been a squash. All of them served a purpose and built up the next show as it was supposed to, instead of yeah. just being some nonsensical this is bullshit. A perfect, perfect way to you know get people excited for Survivor Series. Also, you watch this. Are you going? I kind of want to watch Survivor Series. Oh yeah. yeah, as soon as they, as soon as you know it's champion versus champion, it's yeah. Survivor Series. Once you know like, it's champion versus champion, and then you get the little tagline at the end about somebody having a new partner what does that mean they've been broadcasting the ultimate maniacs versus the flare natural machismo flare yeah. and this is a great way to end <laughs> your natural yeah. machismo yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, uh, the taker promo is incredible the uh but this is a great way to end like the first run of saturday night main event definitely absolutely i mean i i literally was just like this is a crazy fun show yeah you get to see all the talent that you really want to see in a neat little 45-minute package. There's some wrestling? and There's, there's actually a couple wrestling matches? There's really no filler at all no. on this show. Everything yeah. everything moves something forward completely. Yep. It all flows beautifully. Yeah, and I can understand why it's the last I mean, that's one. That's a good reason why. It happens at the beginning of the next year. But it's still sad that this is yeah. the, the final for 14 years. But this is, yeah, this, I mean... This was a good one, uh, a good Saturday night main event for you to uh, put on the schedule. Definitely. For sure. I mean, come on, you can't miss Shawn Michaels' first no. title. First yeah. title. I mean, you just can't. No. And it's not can't. like he won it in a squash match off of, like, you know, anybody, nobody should be winning the IC title in a squash match anyway. But it's not like it was him versus yeah, Brutus. It's not it was 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Brutus, the uh, Barber Beefcake. It was, I don't even know who the IC champion is at the moment. It's Shawn Michaels now. Well, yeah, no, I mean like in real <laughs> IR in 2020. Today, uh, yeah, but Jeff I don't. Hardy. Okay. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we mark it up. Best moments of the show. Brain scan. <laughs> Which one? The whole. The, did, the, he, did he do it twice? Wait, no. no. I think he only did it once. I yeah, he only, only did, did it once. Yeah. Bro, but that's just right. bringing it in. Uh, Great name. Bobby's hilarious. Another an excuse for him to, you know, make a pointed joke. Also shares a name with a terrible movie that I love. <laughs> My best moment, obviously, I'm a HPK fan fanatic through and through, so watching Sean win his first singles title was awesome. <sighs> yeah, I mean that's that's my best. The opening moments of that match, they did some really cool like chain wrestling where you know Davy Boy's using his his power but then Sean starts using the speed to yeah to you know they attempt both attempt hip tosses but then Michaels flips out of the hip toss mm-hmm. oh, to yeah. uh, go into a short arm scissors it was just it was it's just a fun little the fun little like power and speed thing seconds. like nobody even has to say anything cuz they just like are nailing it you're like oh like I can I know what's going on here. It's like here's exactly. the, here's the story. Like even, yeah, like a five year old could watch it, maybe not be able to say what's happening, but like it's gonna drag you in. 
I kept watching to see if Sean was calling the match along the way too, but I didn't notice. So maybe. I mean, heels don't maybe, like maybe all match head. Maybe old bulldog was heels fairly coherent this Hart. time. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but not everybody's. Yeah, but most people are Bret Hart. <laughs> and I'd also like to point out another moment in that Michaels Bulldog match, just to keep in your to keep in your brains for later on. Mm-hmm. But Davy Boy goes for a superplex. Yeah, and Sean basically. And it gets fucked up, and that's how Sean wins the belt. Yeah. Just keep that in your minds. Hold on to it. For maybe another show that we'll cover at some point. (laughs) But yeah, there's nothing bad on this show. All 42 minutes of it are worth watching. Obviously, brain scan, I meant it, but in the laundry list of good things, that's like, you know, icing on the cake, because it's like, oh, great show, plus you added probably the coolest thing you could, like, the coolest new tool you could give the, the brain. Yeah. is uh, some John Madden bullshit so he can make stupid jokes. It's the most disappointing thing, basically, that Money well, Inc. just walked out on the match so he didn't really get a finish. Uh, but, you know, but, I mean, we're not, putting, heat, the, so we're not putting the belt on the Ultimate yeah. Maniacs. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're not because the Warriors can't at this point, I guess. But uh, I was fine with that. I'm more disappointed about the stupid box. True. <laughs> I Seriously, it drove me nuts. Why are you now. standing in front of a present? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they mentioned it before, and then they showed them in front of it, and then nothing happened with it. Yeah. They didn't even save it you know, for primetime wrestling the week after that. I mean, Nobody it couldn't have been anything in that damn box. good, but I, don't, I mean, I don't know. As long as it's not Gwyneth Paltrow's head. I, I mean, it's, yeah. hopefully it's nobody's head. Best performer of the night. Hmm. It's Sean, it's, right? It's, it's I mean, Sean. it's Sean. I gotta throw Bobby in there too, just because of a lot Bobby's of always, Bobby always, always, Bobby's always there. That's like, you know, any show where it's Monsoon and Jesse. It's like, oh, well, what did you like <laughs> about the show? I was like, well, it was a show that was commentated by Monsoon and Jesse, so that automatically makes it like you know points better than it would have been if it was anybody else. So, probably forty episodes ago or so. I, I, I told you when Bobby the Brain Heenan came on. Yeah. And you were sad that Jesse Jesse was gone. But I have Jesse on the other side now. And him and JR are starting to start to mesh. But I told you, I was like, at some you're going to enjoy oh, Bobby no. the Brain Heenan. Love him, Bobby. Which one do you like better? I mean, at this point, Jesse Monsoon over Vince and Heenan. Although I do also like Vince uh, as a commentator and i'm enjoying their chemistry but at this point in time it's still monsoon and uh just because monsoon and jesse have better chemistry and monsoon is more fun than i think vince will ever end up being even though he's not bad and see i gotta go for the the monsoon bobby hybrid oh okay because i mean there's there's not a whole lot jesse doesn't do a whole lot for me on commentary i've never i love him i've never been a huge jesse fan because it's mostly just him talking about himself or how he's better than this person i know it's how he's been in predator i love it (laughs) i love it but it's the him and monsoon are just don't get me wrong i love predator peanut butter and peanut butter and jelly they're just so good (laughs) and like he didn't i feel like you would put him next to gordon Soli, and it's still gonna be it's still going to be great. True. And I don't think you can put uh, Ventura just next to anybody. That's why I was, first I was like, well, him and JR, but they're getting better. I don't know how long it'll last, yeah, but I mean, we've, we've, JR's we getting more playful. The... You got to take a while to get chemistry. Calling a wrestling show, I imagine, is pretty difficult to do it well. 
remember the the Rumble or SummerSlam or whatever it was from the late '80s where we had Jesse and Tony Schiavone together, and it was just a blah. Tony is the best uh, with a microphone in his hand, standing next to a wrestler. Yes, that's where he shines with his bland ass. <laughs> Here we come, '93. <laughs> How about most surprising? Anything surprising on this show? I mean, uh, I mean, Sean winning his title. Mm-hmm, yeah, I, I mean. It's the reason we watched this show, so it wasn't surprising to me, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I watched it as it was airing all those years ago, so it's it's been in my memory bank for all these years, but I don't know, most surprising for me was just the fact that two of your big, big stars in the company get fired right before, or right after this episode. Yep. <clears throat> Baby Boy and Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. I would have liked to see David Boy go, but I mean, he had some uh, he had some issues. Yeah, as they're rolling into uh, one of the big poor pay per views, they they fire two of their their big stars with with good reason, I'm sure. But it's just uh, it was as shocking for me because it was basically them hitting the reset button on themselves instead of somebody hitting it for them. Which I guess technically the wrestlers themselves hit the reset button yeah. for them because they're the ones who got in trouble for the. I feel like I can guarantee you that and... even even if without the steroid thing and if Bulldog was a model employee, there's still no way in hell that he's ever going to get more over than Shawn Michaels. <laughs> like, I, it's, just not, it's just not in there. No. So it's like, okay, well, I mean, Warrior was, was wildly over, but I feel like that's still, that, that he's still not Hulk Hogan. And I mean, and that's coming from somebody that's not a Hulk Hogan fan. Warrior looks better. But there's just something that's not there. Or maybe people are smartened up or tired of Hogan. So it's like, well, why do we need Hogan too, but on more coke? On the plus side, he did lose the uh, the meat suit you were talking about oh. before. <laughs> yeah. The meat suit is just such a weird choice. Yeah. Drop the meat suit and... It'd be funny if the, him the and Savage both something. wore meat suits instead of Savage dressing like a futon. I'd like to see Warrior dress like Savage and Savage dress like Warrior just to see. I'm fine with that too. To see it. Yeah. Warrior in a cowboy hat with oh God. fringy boots would be uh, great. Where's that like <laughs> USA day t- like evening six o'clock show Macho Man and Warrior on horses mm-hmm. going through the desert. Ultimate Savage swap. <laughs> and now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. Hulk Hogan had won the initial IWGP League in 1983 and was supposed to return to defend the title against the winner of the next year's tournament. But Hogan was unable to return so the winner of the league would again become champion. The tournament featuring 12 wrestlers with Antonio Inoki scoring more points then Andre the Giant became the 1984 winner. Anoki would defend the title against the 1985 league winner in Andre the Giant, and later in the year versus the returning Hulk Hogan, defeating both. The following year, Antonio Anoki made the decision to vacate the title so that then he could compete in the 1986 IWGP League. During that rendition of the tournament, Anoki would pin Dick Murdoch in the finals to again become the IWGP heavyweight champion. This would be the last time this version of the IWGP championship would be used. 
the title would be deactivated and replaced by a newer version in time for the 1987 league. So you're just talking like a new, a new design, but it's still the same title, right? It's a new design. It's a new lineage. That's why Anoki was like, all right, all the all these Anoki championship reigns really aren't. They're not in the same lineage as yeah, because he was like, like, yo, I'm gonna be on top. Naito is now. He's like, I'm gonna be on top for this long. He's like, then I'm going to cut it off, start it over, and I'll back off a little bit. Is that the idea? I mean, maybe we'll find out uh, once I mean, we talk guess, about the 1987 mm, mm, version. Yeah, I'm sorry. I want my answers now. What's in the box? I have no clue. <laughs> what happened in 1987? I was born in 1987. <laughs> I mean, I bet you find out in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you'll tell me all about it. You had me on the edge of the seat. I, I just like keeping you on your toes. Someone's got to. But next week, Clash of the Champions 21. Woo, the Clash could finally drink. <laughs> the I mean, have we done any back-to-back clashes before? No, we did six and then we did nine. I think oh, we, okay. that's the closest we've ever. At done. this point, I feel like we like we, clashes we, are always fun. So we did. We could 20, have just watched all the clashes, but I'm sure they're not all good. They're not all good. They're not. <laughs> I mean, think of how bad Great American Bash was. Clash 19 was the first round of that. Oh, oh, the first round of the. Tag, the tag, tag team tournament. Blah, oh, yeah. oh, that was great American match. I was like, wait a second, Battle Ball? That's Starcade. Anyway, okay. Well, I'm glad that well, you I'm, sus- I'm glad you suss out the bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover that next week. But the music from this week's show is the theme from Saturday Night Main Event and Heartbeat by Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire. It's a new new theme that we get to listen mm-hmm. to this okay. week. But they're few and far between sometimes. I wonder if J.J. is related to Jerry. <laughs> Probably completes him somehow. Could be. If you like this show... Are you talking about the baseball player? Jerry Maguire? Yeah. The movie? Oh. No, that's uh, the redhead (laughs) guy. Who's that guy? Maguire. Oh, Mark Mark Maguire. Mark Maguire. That's completely different different spelling. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to spell. If you like this show or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Send us any questions, comments, concerns, recipes. All right. We're, we're still taking those. We're going to Georgia, so if, look if them up. If you have something some. for Georgia, Pennsylvania. Uh, the Cobb or, County Salad. Or Japan. <laughs> hit us up, because we're going to be in those places. <laughs> we're going to be in those places quite some time. We're doing hard time. Enjoy. It's not hard time because we're going to enjoy all of it. That's right. Yeah, okay. We're not in Cobb County. We're, we're, we're going to make it this next time. So now we know Cobb County is a real place. Huh? Or you can always do any of that other stuff. Hit us up on Twitter as well at Wrestling Pisto X. That's Wrestling H I S T O X. We'll talk to you next week. Later.